today we start chapter eight in our Unfold series as we focus on how God's story interweaves with our story. And so chapter eight is called Recognizing Abundance and Flourishing. How do we live abundantly? And it starts with our willingness to be generous with all that we have, including our money. So how can generosity be an antidote to the pervasive myth of scarcity that dominates our world? So let's see what our scripture for today says um, from Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to that land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Will you bow with me in prayer? Gracious Almighty God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. And the children of God said together, Amen. Amen. Well, about 10 years ago, we got a dog. Um, Now, I had never, ever had a dog before. Um, it's just so cute. And um, growing up, we had birds and a cat and uh, multiple cats and fish, but we never had a dog. And our dog's name is Lily. And when she was younger, she was a runner. So if the front door was open, she was gone. You know, she was going to be out the door as fast as she could. But the good news was that Lily had a friend. And so Lily would always run over to Roy's house. Now, Roy lived two doors down. Roy was the dog. Uh, dog's name. And, um, and it just so happened that their gate um, to their back fence was a little bit shorter. Um, and so Lily could crawl under the gate and go play with Roy. Um, but something tragic happened because a few years ago, Roy's parents moved to Murphy. Why do you want to live in Murphy? That's so far away. But they moved to Murphy. Uh, so when our new neighbors moved in, I had to take Lily the dog um, and go knock on their door um, because they had to know that Lily was going to be visiting their backyard very soon. And, and so for many months, Lily did not escape. Um, but then one week, she was quicker than I was, and she bolted out the front door. And she did the same thing that she always did. She went to Roy's house, um, but Roy wasn't there. And she hadn't figured out that Roy had moved away. Uh, She did the same thing that she always did. And she expected the same results, um, but she was disappointed. And doing that same thing uh, that we always do and expecting the same results. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Doing the same thing that we always do and expecting the same results. You know, what do we do when we're living life and we're doing what we've always done and we aren't feeling the way that we've always felt. You know, there's some folks who have always dreamed about being a teacher, and then they finally become a teacher, and they realize that it's not a good fit. You know, this thing that, they, that they'd been planning for and working for their whole life, they realize that that's not what they're supposed to do. You know, over time, we get busy, we lose touch with, with why we wanted to do something in the first place. We have this tendency to get so wrapped up in moving forward, in achieving, in, in doing what we should do, that when we arrive, we realize that we forgot the why that motivated us in the first place. We can get so wrapped up in what we're doing that if we forget why we are doing it, 
So in our scripture uh, that we read today, God calls Abram, that is his, the name before the name changed to Abraham, and Abraham is seen as the founding father of three different faiths of Judaism and Christianity and Islam, and Abraham is a stand-in for all the people of God that would come after him. So God calls Abram, and God blesses Abram, and in that blessing, God gives Abram his why. God wants Abram to go to that land that God will show Abram, and God promises to make of Abram a great nation, to bless Abram, and to make Abram's name great so that, and here's the why, so that Abram will be a blessing. God blesses Abram so that Abram will be a blessing, and that's what God does for us. Have you heard that before? You know, blessed to be a blessing. That is the why. We are blessed so that we can be a blessing for others. That is the reason that you have been placed where you have been placed right now. That is the reason that you are connected to the people that you are connected to, and that is the reason that you have been given responsibility over what you have responsibility for. God has blessed you to be a blessing to others. That is why generosity isn't optional. Generosity is the, the, the practice that helps us live into our why. You know, when we're generous, we're doing what we are called to do. We are doing our why. So, you know, we know some certain truths about money. We know that we, know that we don't get to take it with us when we die. They didn't put the, the, the crown for Queen Elizabeth in the coffin with her. It went on the altar. Uh, we know that, that less is more. We know that giving is good. We know that the love of money is the root of all evil. But money's hard. You know, Jesus talks more about money than any other subject um, in the Bible uh, besides the kingdom of God. One-third of Jesus' parables are about money. You know, why is that? I think it's because we struggle so much with our spending habits, more than we struggle with loving those around us. And loving those around us is pretty hard. It's pretty hard to love those people around us. You know, I, I know some folks who love unconditionally other people, but they're either living paycheck to paycheck or they are in debt. A large percentage of us struggle with how to handle our money. As with most things, John Wesley would teach us that balance is key. Don't spend it all. Don't hoard it all away. As John Wesley said, earn all you can, give all you can, save all you can. Uh, Paul quotes Jesus at the end of Acts 20, 35. And Paul says, quoting Jesus, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You know, I know this, you know this. I know that God has blessed me to be a blessing. I know that it is more blessed to give than to receive. But I fight against it. You know, I try to ignore it. I, I like to get stuff. I like to have things and then have more things. I like to do things and go places. I have to be reminded over and over again that life um, is, has this simple truth that it is more blessed to give than to receive, that giving is good, that that is how we are created. You know, giving makes us happy. Researchers, um, brain researchers have found that when you get things, nothing happens. When you get things, nothing happens in your brain. But when you give things to other people, synapses in your brain fire and oxy oxytocin is released. Isn't that amazing? 
That is amazing to me. When you give, it makes you want to give more. It's addictive. When you give, you want to give more. It's addictive. We were created to give. It is our why. You know, giving makes us happy. We are hardwired to be generous people. John Wesley had humble beginnings, but his income eventually reached uh, 1,400 pounds per year. And total dollars, that's about $300,000 a year. But John Wesley was disciplined, and he lived on 30 pounds of the 1,400 pounds for the year. He gave away 98% of all that he earned, and he lived on just 2% of his earnings. It reminds me of the father who gave his little girl $2 and told her that she could do anything she wanted with one of the dollars, but the other dollar belonged to God. And so the little girl ran to the candy store, but on the way she tripped and one dollar fell down the storm drain. And she got up and said, well, Lord, there goes your dollar. (laughs) You know, it wasn't until I took a crown financial class that I opened myself up to the idea that everything that I have is God's, that I am the steward of all of the money and the resources that God has given me, that it is all God's, not just the 10% or whatever percentage that we give to our church. It reminds me of Jesus' words to the man who was worried about how to inherit eternal life. The man said he'd followed all the commandments since, his, since he was a youth. Uh, the Bible says that Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own, give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. That man was shocked and dismayed when Jesus said this, and he went away saddened because he had many possessions. The man couldn't sell what he owned. He couldn't give it to the poor. But because the weight of his possessions held him down, you know, stuff, stuff can weigh us down too. Because the more we have, the more that we have to give up when God calls us. But generosity, giving money away, it frees us up. You know, it it isn't our possessions that change the world. It isn't our house or our car or our 401k that transforms people's lives. We were created to make a difference, to change our family, to change our neighborhood, to change our block, to change our city, to change our world. That is why God made us. Do you remember the parable that Jesus tells about the man going on a trip? Uh, The man calls his servants together, and the first person receives five coins. The next person receives two coins. The next person receives one coin. And the person uh, who, who received five coins gains five more. The person who received two coins gained two more. But the person with one coin buried it in the ground. And so the man returns from his trip, and he asks what happened to the coins. And and to the person uh, he gave five coins, he says, well done. To the person he gave two coins, he says, well done. And to the person uh, he gave one coin, that person says, I was afraid. I was afraid. And he gives the coin back to the master. And the master is not happy. You know, God wants to know what we have done with what we have been given? Did we bury it because we were afraid? Did we bless other people with what we have been given? If we can let go of our fear, 
It can open ourselves up to be who we were called to be. And then we will see that giving leads to impact. I have loved learning about what you do here at White Rock to serve the community. There are thousands of people who come through the doors of this church every week. This is a church that has always realized that Christians are called to be a light on a hill, the light that shines in the darkness. We are called to be a people of hope. So how do you try and make a difference? How do you make an impact on the people who are in your path? May we remember our why as a people and as a church. May we remember that we are blessed to be a blessing, that generosity matters. Thanks be to God. Amen.